Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Ruben the Cuban. As we talk real estate in commercial real estate space, have some real talk and try to get some information and inspiration and celebrate life. Uh, last week, I've talked a little bit about myself and how I got started. And uh, I also mentioned something about cigars. And as you will get to know me, I like cigars. So today, the cigar I have in hand that I'm chomping, I'm not smoking in this studio, but we'll, we'll have some episodes from probably a cigar lounge in the future. But today I have Patron 1964 Anniversary, one of my favorite cigars. I love Patron. I'm not endorsed by Patron. I'm not saying go out by Patron. It's just my, one of my personal favorites. Um, today I want to be talking about commercial real estate brokerage, and it's going to be part of an ongoing series throughout uh, the year. Um, Cause a lot of people and a lot of people I'm meeting, they wonder what is a commercial real estate broker. And so I kind of want to, address some of the misconceptions and, you know, kind of bring some, you know, reality and, you know, bring some nuggets of information. If you're considering or if you're into it or on the newer side, or even if you're on the more experienced side and working with some newer agents or brokers as they come into the market. Um, this kind of came inspired to me from last year. I did a, a post on LinkedIn. Uh, I was on a conference call with different, uh, several different associations, CCIM and SIOR and, some of the other leaders in the industry. And a question that somebody brought up or I remember talking about was uh, they made a point, one of the speakers made a point that the median age of brokers, commercial real estate brokers specifically, was rising every year. It was something north of 57 or 58 years was the median age, which was really surprising to me knowing that, hey, I've talked to a lot of young folks that want to get into this and but on a national level, it's very, very much a, a kind of a problem. And we kind of addressed that and I posted it on LinkedIn and I had a lot of people chime into it. And a lot of things just started coming over and over about the younger generations coming out of college and what the perception is of being a commercial real estate broker or their perception of being in this industry. A lot of people think when they hear commercial real estate brokers, first thing they go through my, oh, you're, you're doing the big deals. You're running with um, the big money and dollar signs start flashing. And yes, they are some very large transactions, uh, tens of hundreds of millions of dollars sometime uh, that go into commercial real estate versus your traditional residential. That's half a million to a million dollars. Although you see reality shows with a uh, very high expensive luxury type of residential, but commercial real estate quite often does have the larger dollars. That's what everybody talks about. So a lot of the younger folks, when they come out of college, they think that they're going to get a six-figure salary with all sorts of benefits and into that type of lifestyle right away, right when they graduate. When in true, the reality is that when you come into commercial real estate, for the most part, every, as we say in industry, every shop or every office, every uh, different type of office is, has different types of settings and different types of structures. But for the most part, you're literally building your own business within a business. We'll give you the platform. We'll give you a lot of tools. We'll give you the mentorship. But nobody's going to tell you, hey, you have to be here from eight to five. We will guide you through some of those steps. But you have to really come in as an entrepreneur and really kind of go for it. And when you're younger, a lot of people will try to have some help and we will do the best. Again, different shops have different ways of handling it. The best of setting you up for success and helping you to get started. Because like I said, there's no salary at the beginning usually. And so some sort of structure is there to help get things get started. So those are kind of the misconceptions and what people kind of realize. And today I have with me a uh, 
young rock star that is uh, just getting started. Her name is Andrea Toledano. No, she's not Italian. She's actually Venezuelan. She was introduced to me about a year ago. She just got her license about six months ago, and she's working, full disclosure, out of uh, our office in Miami with uh, SBN Commercial Partners and uh, getting going. She was introduced to me as a Venezuelan Jew that likes country music. And I was like, I need to meet this lady. <laughs> so, Andrea, with that, welcome to the show. Hey, Ruben. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And, you know, until I started meeting people who thought it was unique to be a Venezuelan Jew, I really didn't think anything of it. I was raised in a community of them. So, uh, you know, it's funny just looking back. I grew up in Miami and I grew up around the industry. Uh, pretty much what brought me to real estate was, you know, wait, my wait, family. Wait, wait, wait. We can get there. Let's just hold it. Hey, Andrea, I know you, you like going 100 miles out and get right to the point. But let's, let's let the audience get to know you a little bit. I want to find out a little bit about the country music part. Because you talk about the Venezuelan Jew, but the country music part is also very different because most... Hispanic background folks, I know you're one of the first, if not the first that I've met that actually comes out of the bat out of the gate, say, I like country music. We all like country music, but that's to be your genre. So how did that start? How do you get to country music? So funny enough, I was in college and one of my friends who's from Honduras, also Hispanic, and she told me that her favorite station was 99.9. And I started listening to it. At first, I, you know, the only country music I listened to growing up was Carrie Underwood, maybe some Rascal Flats, but I thought it was a little controversial. I never really let myself delve into it deeply, uh, mostly classic country. And then as time went on, I started listening to it. And now I probably spend 60% of my time listening to music, listening to country music. Listening to country music. So, so 60% right now, if, of my music. If, if you would say, hey, this is my favorite country artist, who's going to be your favorite country artist? Who's your go-to? Jordan Davis right now uh, and Cole Swindell. Those are two that I listen to. Uh, Zach Brown Band's pretty good, too. Are those the ones that are coming on? Because now uh, at the office, we have the playlist that uh, Alexa's playing, and you say country music, and there's certain songs I hear coming over. I, I take it those are the, the popular ones in the, on, on the charts today. So those are three of the top uh, bands or artists in country music, yes. Good. Well, now that we got the country music part out of the way, we understand where that comes from. That's good. So you grew up in Miami. Uh, you went to school here as well, you know, going to school, but then you went to university or college outside of Florida, correct? Yes. So I went to FIU uh, for my undergrad and okay. then I did my master's degree uh, at the University of Pennsylvania. So I lived in Philadelphia uh, for about two semesters. Nice. Nice. And uh, what was your uh, your degree there in Pennsylvania? So in Pennsylvania, I actually studied education. That was after a political science degree uh, at FIU initially. I wanted to go into education policy. So that was my plan. I ran for county commission shortly after college. Wait, wait, you ran for, you ran for county commission at what age now? Cause you're, you're, if you don't mind me saying you're like, you're in mid twenties. Yeah. I won't, so. you know, you don't. You never disclose a lady's true age. I was brought up saying so. <laughs> Thank you, Ruben. But at least you're in the mid twenties. You're, you're you're in the twenties. You know. I'm still twenty five. You're so still yes. twenty. Okay, perfect. Okay. <laughs> um, but I ran uh, at around twenty two, so it was pretty much around the time the pandemic uh, was hitting. I filed right around the pandemic closures, and uh, it became clear to me that you know I wasn't going to be able to collect five thousand signatures uh, to be able to get on the ballot. But during this time, I was meeting a lot of developers, a lot of people in construction, GC just different people within the world of real estate or real estate investments, private equity. It became clear to me that the family industry 
might be for me after all. The family industry. So as you were kind of alluding to as uh, as you got started, the family, your family's in this in this real estate business, correct? Yes. So my parents, uh, when I was growing up, you know, my dad had a really strong work ethic. He moved here from Venezuela uh, with my mom. You know, they hoped to give us a better life and they started their own business in Venezuela they had a textiles business and it was really popular. And my dad came to this country without his family, hoping to do the same here. That didn't work out, you know, for one reason or another, uh, that business just, you know, it failed. And they started their own real estate brokerage uh, after my mom got into wow. real estate by a friend. So and your mom got into real estate before your dad? Yes. And she's the one that brought him on. Oh, okay. So they had their own team, their own brokerage, uh, mostly residential, but they did some commercial. Mm -hmm. And to me... It never really appealed to me just because showing houses, uh, you know, wasn't my passion. But as the years went on, you know, my dad, uh, my dad's work ethic really stuck with me. Um, it really inspired me to want to, you know, be an entrepreneur of some kind. Beautiful. And, you know, he would drop me off at school growing up because that was the only time where he would get to see me some days. Um, he would come home late and we'd already be sleeping some some nights. And so the mornings were consistent. He would be singing, dropping us off at school. And, uh, you know, that just always stuck with me. So when I got older um, and I was running for county commission, it just became clear to me as I learned more about development that maybe the family industry wasn't so bad after all. Just nice. It was actually great from the commercial side. Nice, nice. So there's a couple of things I want to kind of shoot off from there. First of all, you said you know, your mom started and they were doing mostly residential, but they also did some commercial. It's very popular, especially here in South Florida. Different markets have different ways of doing it. Since you kind of have a little bit of exposure to both sides, you know, a lot of people realize that commercial is a very different beast or animal or transaction, let's call it. And although at the end of the day, you still have a contract, you still go under due diligence. We're all following the same Florida laws that are established for real estate transactions. But there's a little difference here. I don't know if you can kind of touch a little bit upon residential versus commercial and kind of doing this hybrid versus dedicating to one or the other. Not to knock on residential, but to me personally, it just seemed arbitrary. So residential, you know, you could show one person a house, show the next person the same house. One person won't like it because the door is pink. Like, OK, you could just paint it, you know, like there's really that shouldn't be a deal breaker for you. Right. And then the other person will love it because the backyard is a good size. I mean, it's just very different than commercial, whereas commercial is more, you know, it's less emotional and it's based on numbers, but it also excites me. You know, when I look at an empty piece of land and I can imagine everything that could be built and all the ways to make money off of that land or help people off of that land. And so for me, commercial just makes more sense. I don't believe that you can do both 100 percent um mm -hmm. well you do need to be able to specialize and well yeah you want to kind of dedicate and pick kind of pick a lane and pick a, a an asset type if you will or a product type or something like that it sounds like what you're saying because it's hard to be in in both areas especially in our business you know one of the first things that you're learning to do now before we move on from your your father what's your father's name richard okay we have to give a shout out to richard because richard is uh I would say one of the primary reasons you're sitting here, we had lunch with Richard. Great uh, guy. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, not just because he's my dad, just one of the most honest and best people to work with. Yeah. Great. R Richard checks in the mail. So <laughs> no, um, he's a great guy and so forth. And I'm really, really happy to have you know met him and looking forward to continue growth and getting to know him more through uh, uh, as we work together. 
But um, going back to the blocking and tackling of commercial real estate or any real estate as you get started, since you're in that pre one year, you're in the first six months, you're just getting started. Very new, but I'm excited. Um, everybody talks about when you get started, hey, building your database and, and kind of getting to cold calls. And that's a topic for another day. But it's just like kind of building. So I would say it's hard to kind of really focus and build one of, I'm a big fan of uh, Rod Santamassimo. If you guys look him up on his podcast or on YouTube, great, great uh, real estate coach. He really talks a lot about building your avatar. And so your avatar is going to be who's your who's your client, who you're looking to talk to. So if you're doing residential and you're talking to people that want to buy or sell homes, and all of a sudden here comes a shopping center or some sort of office condo that one of your residential people may have. They're like, oh, I could sell that also. And I don't know if you'll be doing the great service because you may not have the database of people that you're going to target to that's going to be your avatar, the future purchaser of that office condo or retail space or something like that. I think that's kind of where a lot of, and there's a lot of little intricacies. Like when people realize when I talk about, hey, I'm in real estate and they're like, oh, housing markets are going through the roof. Miami's market's crazy. I was like, yeah, I've heard just like they have heard. On, you know, and I read obviously more information about real estate, but I couldn't tell you what per square foot residential homes going in, you know, in Miami Beach or Aventura or wherever, because I'm not in the residential market. I can give you an idea of what rental rates are going for because I hear about multifamily as a whole. And we could look up some of those. And those are more of what's called the um, investment part or that's the mechanism that in which in which you kind of get to the investment grade or know what the NOI net operating income, what's, what's money is being generated in apartment complex. Cause you kind of know what the market is not per apartment, but per square foot is usually how it's expressed. But anyway, I yeah. digress a little bit. I no, apologize. Definitely. Um, I mean, honestly with residential and commercial, I do feel like you need to specialize. And I'll just say the reason is because there's not enough hours in the day to be, you know, great at both of them. So right. Well, having said that, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. What are, would you say in the last six months or so have been the the things that you think you have done the best? And because like we all have our strengths and weaknesses, but, you know, and you come in and you're you're drinking from a fire hose about all this information about commercial real estate and everybody's telling you to make, you know, 500 million calls a day. You got to meet everybody you can meet. And do all this kind of stuff. And so everybody, kind of, I think, sooner or later has to fall into their own cadence or their own way of doing things. What would you say is what's really been working for you in the last you know, six plus months? So I would say, like, even though I've only been in the industry or I've only had my license for six months, you know, I've been reading and listening to podcasts for many years on this industry. Um, you know, I've been keeping a schedule of, you know, events and meeting a lot of great people. And I already have plenty of connections and great friends that I reach out to these days to see if they need any help or if they're looking for anything, if I can, you know, be of service. So I would say the last six months have presented new challenges, but it's definitely helped that I've already set up some routines. I would say from just observing you and working with you for the last, you know, six plus months or so, the networking part is definitely something you you can go in a room and not afraid to stick your hand out and start talking to people. When we've had meetings that you've set up, you bring some really strong candidates or people that are, you know, attorneys and you're, you're reaching out and building your roster of people, your network to really build you a nice foundation for success in the future. Yeah. Working on these skills, you know, the cold calling I know is not your favorite, 
we'll still keep working on that together and so forth. But again, you're finding other ways of, of, of moving on and getting, uh, getting to that person or getting your name out there, especially today. Like when I started cold calling was really about it. We didn't have social media platforms or texting or texting. Uh, email was in its early days. You know, I, I still had a BlackBerry. This is before Apple phones and iPhones and smartphones and all that kind of stuff. So um, it, it was it was like a different, although those are still proven, true and tried and true methods of building your business. And I think it's definitely needs to be used. I think we also need to embrace some of the technology and some of the other avenues that people are using today. Exactly. Definitely. I think, uh, you know, accepting your weaknesses and working on them is important, but also, you know, knowing your strengths and knowing how you can make those work for you, because those are enough to make you succeed while you're working on your weaknesses. Beautiful, beautiful. I kind of want to touch on a couple of things that some people 20, 30 years ago would have seen as a weakness. Uh, I think today there's a lot of importance or a lot of people at least thinking about these things. Some people call it the elephant in the room and whatnot. So let's just kind of, you, know, you got Ruben the Cuban over here. We talk about a Venezuelan Jew and some people that might say, hey, those are all uh, uh, sensitive words and you're using racial this or that. But on the flip, it's also helping us. You do speak Spanish, right? Habla español. Sí, por supuesto. Ah, perfect, perfect. That's very important. <laughs> you're going to be Venezuelan. Uh, second of all, you're a female in a very much male-dominated industry. And I imagine that, you know, you may have family members or traditionally, you know, kind of growing up, especially with the Latin culture, that you grow up to kind of follow the, yeah, you want to have some sort of degree, but have the who you're going to marry and in the future and that sort of thing. And you're, you're kind of taking, taking a, your own different path about that. Can you touch a little bit about that? And yeah, I know that's, that's like a big topic. We could probably spend an hour here just talking about that alone. Yeah. But just, you know, just for the next minute or two, kind of what your, your feelings are and you know, how, what, how are you, uh, how are you coping with that or what, what your thoughts are? Do you even see that? You know, it may not yeah. even be something that crosses your mind. Of course. So, you know, I am 25, so it crosses my mind, but I know that this is the time for me to really be building my career so that, you know, in five years, uh, 10 years down the line, if I want to have kids, I am prepared and I have the backing behind me. Like I, I'm prepared because I've already established a career where I can have the flexibility to raise a family while also maintaining my business. So this is a perfect time, but my family, my parents do want me to be independent and they want me to work hard and have my own business. But they also think I should be thinking about finding a partner and eventually having kids. So right now, you know, I'm in a place where I'm working on myself and improving my weaknesses and just focusing on my career. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, well, Andrea, I've really enjoyed it. Obviously, we talk every day. This is the first of many, many times you're going to be back here and a fixture of the show here and, you know, kind of bring in uh, your your perspective, you know, A, as a, as we see you bloom and grow in your career and blossom into this uh, rock star that I know you're going to be in the commercial real estate industry here in the in the South Florida market and then get into different uh, things that might have, uh, you know, you've learned because we all have lessons that we learn and the best thing to take from something that maybe didn't go as well as we planned is to extract what did we learn from that? And then we can share it with the, the folks listening uh, on the show today. So thank you for uh, spending some time here. We'll continue talking. Shout out to to Richard. How can thank people you, get Ruben. a hold of you if uh, they want to get a hold of you? So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. Uh, Andrea you Toledano. spell out your name so they can make sure to get the right Andrea. So A-N-D-R-E-A 
And then my last name is T as in Thomas, O-L-E-D-A-N-O. Okay. Andrea Tolano, watch out for that name. It's going to be a, a future shining star here in the commercial real estate industry. Uh, we're not careful. She's going to take over and dominate the world. Thank you, Ruben. And uh, You'll be coming forward. with me. Don't I, worry. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Looking forward to seeing that. Thank you for listening today. There is a little um, not-for-profit organization that uh, I like supporting. It's on the link below. It's called Christina's Academy. Uh, you can find them at christinasacademy.org. Uh, feel free to drop me in any kind of email or information or any kind of feedback. My email is ruben, R-U-B-E-N dot ruban, R-U-B-A-N at S-V-N dot com. Again, that's ruben, R-U-B-E-N dot ruban, R-U-B-A-N at S-V-N dot com. Please join us next week as uh, we have a special guest coming in, uh, Miguel Pinto, the founder and managing broker for Apex Capital Realty out of here. Uh, he's going to be talking a little bit about the growth of the office. And on the other end of the spectrum, he's been around for a few years, uh, not just on the younger side of uh, commercial real estate brokerage. And uh, we'll talk about some deals and see what kind of information we can learn from him. Thank you very much. Have a great week. You can share this podcast and subscribe anywhere you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever uh, platform you uh, get your podcasts. Thank you. Thank you.